0: it is time for another episode of the cultural hall it is a temple ticker which means oh well you know what it means we're joined by the pharaoh himself it's Corey k ward Corey, i swear it's been an entire year since i've seen you
1: last how are you <laughs> yeah it's been a long time doing yeah. really well
0: uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you uh, are able to hear, be here and uh, join us again. For people, if this is your first time, uh, we do we used to have uh, Corey be a part of our articles of news episodes. And then we decided, well, heck, we got, you know, 300 plus temples in the works. We can't, we can't cram it in to a small segment. So he graduated, he got his own segment and that is what the temple Ticker is. So it's all things temple in this episode. Did you get anything, uh, temple related for Christmas?
1: Um, I can't say I have.
0: Okay. Okay. I found my old temple bag. If you follow us on, uh, on, uh, Instagram, I'll share a picture of my temple bag. It is the greatest temple clothes bag. In fact, That sounds like hyperbole, but I mean it. If you have a better looking temple bag than the one I got, I would love to see it. So there, now we've been able to make a competition out of the very lamest thing that we ever could, the temple bag that you could do. All right, so tell us where are we going? Where are we, where, take us in the history machine, where are we going for this temple ticker today?
1: Well, I think we last spoke um, probably the first of December. So Mm -hmm. um, December was a rather busy week or month for temple stuff. There was one rededication. um, That was the St. George Utah Temple. I know that you touched a little bit on this um, in your articles of news. Um, But yeah, uh, President DeFerro Holland rededicated that temple on December 10th. Um, He was joined by his son, Matthew Holland, and then the presiding bishop was there, Jill Grosse, and a couple other um, 70s. And so um, yeah, it was really special for uh, President Holland. Uh, He said that what I found really special was that he basically said that all his living ordinances have been done in this temple. Mm. He was he was baptized in the baptismal font because back then in St. George, there's only one baptismal font in the whole town, and that was in the temple. Mm-hmm. So that's where all the eight-year-olds got baptized. Um, and then, of course, later he was doubt there and then sealed to his late wife, Patricia Holland.
0: Yeah, a couple of things that are sort of interesting about that is uh, the the fact that it was published, the dedicatory prayer published in the Church News, which we don't do for for other temples, or haven't done, I guess I should say.
1: Well, what if I were to tell you that actually every dedicatory prayer, prayer is published in the Church News? After Everyone dedication. is? Everyone. <laughs> all, all
0: of them are? I didn't know that. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, just the recent Okinawa, Japan Temple. We saw that from Elder Stevenson. Um it's a few days after the dedication, the church news puts it out. And the, the, hold the, on, hold on,
0: hold on. The complete <laughs> dedicatory prayer is published. or it's like, hey, and they said this, and here's the story about that. It's actually the whole complete transcription.
1: Yeah, that's right. The church okay. news has it. Well, then them all. they're going to
0: have to get something new than a church news because pretty soon all we're going to have is a church news full of temple dedicatory prayers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you. Um, go to church of jesus christ temples.org um mm-hmm. they've collected all those parts from the church news and if you go to any temple you can look up its dedicatory prayer and oh, some have funny. multiple dedicatory prayers like saint george They actually has three now because it was dedicated first by daniel h wells and then in the 75 1975 it was dedicated by spencer w kimball and mm-hmm. now you have a third dedicatory prayer by Jeffrey r holland interesting so. which one's your favorite i can't say i went through i'm sorry i can't
0: pick they're all great for different reasons like (laughs) Uh, okay well here i got a little trivia question for you on uh on temple square Mm -hmm. when people back in the day in the salt lake valley would get baptized in which building was there a baptismal font of the buildings on temple square
1: I mean, obviously in the there day.
0: is one in, in the Salt Lake Temple, <laughs> but were people also baptized in the Salt Lake Temple, baptismal font, or was the baptismal font somewhere else?
1: Well, there's the endowment house before the Salt Lake Temple, and okay. had a baptismal font. Okay. Um, but I believe there's also one in the basement of the tabernacle, right?
0: There is, as a matter of fact. Isn't that cool? That is cool. I've never seen it. I've, I've asked to see it because that was where my grandfather was baptized.
1: They wouldn't uh, let me. They would not let know. me. I went down there once because I was volunteering for something and they had a lunch down there and it was just, you know, where all the choir has changing rooms and stuff. So I bet there is a room down there that has one.
0: Yep, it was super cool. There was one guy in big, long beard and a gray pointy hat. And I went to try and go into the baptismal font and he stepped in front of me and put his hand almost to my chest. And he said, thou shalt not pass. And then I couldn't get to where the baptismal font was. I was very sad very very interesting serious. yeah I don't know how they got Gandalf I digress
1: what else <laughs> well I have another weird thing um, for some reason the the Washington Times which is a national newspaper conservative newspaper um it published something about the St George Temple it just talked about how uh, President Holland was quoted about saying that Temple rituals are key to um, retaining uh, young members mm-hmm. and something I found um, in the bottom of the article, which none of the other news sources quoted, is that um, Elder Holland once had a conversation with President Nelson, and um, basically he said, uh, let's see, he said, I remember once he said to me in a conversation, and when you sit in this chair, dot, dot, dot. And I said, excuse me, President, but I'm not sitting on that chair and I won't be. And he leaned across the desk and said, you will be sitting in this chair. Well, so I don't know That's some sort of cryptic prophecy about the lifespan of uh, President Holland. Maybe he'll actually will become president of the church, um, unlike what most people are thinking nowadays.
0: Well, I mean, after his near death experience, but then his sort of rise from nearly the grave as Elder Rendland uh, describes it. Right. That it was yeah. uh, just miraculous recover. In order for Elder Holland to be the prophet, it would have to be Elder Nelson, or President Nelson would pass, and President Oaks. Yeah. That's and true. then it would be President Holland if that happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. So possible, I suppose. Uh, El- Elder uh, Oaks seems a little vivacious to be able to uh, to uh, not uh, succeed for—well, I don't know. Who knows? Speculation He's, on life yeah. makes people uncomfortable.
1: Uh, He's 91 and a half,
0: so— you never Heck.
1: know yeah let's do it why not <laughs>
0: uh how about uh we get to some temple dedications i like this
1: uh yeah um three temple dedications were announced um for 2024 um the first one will be um the earned philippines temple and so um will be dedicated on uh april 28th And president oaks will be out in the philippines doing that um he famously lived in uh Philippines for, I think, a couple of years, maybe less than that, um, when he was a younger apostle. That was um, gonna...
0: the prophet said to, it was Elder Holland and Elder Oaks, where the prophet essentially was like, we need development and older leadership. Go! Help us retain these people. And uh, Elder Holland went south somewhere, right? South America? Went to somewhere. Chile, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Elder Oaks went to the Philippines. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so they'll have an open house March 15th through the 30th. Um, this will be the third temple in the Philippines. Uh, however, there are 10 more planned for the country. Um, and this temple was announced in 2010 by President Monson. Um, and so it took it's going to take 13 years, six months to complete. So if we're looking at um, all the temples, how long they've taken from announcement to dedication, this will be the fifth longest. There's only four temples that have taken longer than the Urtindela Philippines Temple. Why, uh, why did it take so long? Um, I don't really know. I think... It took a while to find a suitable site. I think they had to drain the swamp in that area, get it ready for the foundation of a temple, and then COVID hit right when construction started, mm. and supply chain uh, supply uh, supply chain problems probably took a hit, and yeah, it just took a while for probably a lot of reasons. So, if you're sure. curious, the only only ones that have taken longer are the Bogota Colombia Temple, the Guayaquil Ecuador Temple. The Los Angeles Temple, which took 19 years, and it was delayed by World War II. And then the Salt Lake Temple, of course, which took 45 years from announcement to completion.
0: Which took forever. And I <laughs> asked how long it would take. Said forever. Yeah, that's crazy. And I'm glad that you knew exactly what the next question that I was going to ask you was which, was, which the longer ones are. Uh, take us to Puebla, Mexico.
1: Yeah, they're going to have a dedication on May 19th. Elder Garrett Gong will be down there. They'll have an open house from March 29th to April 20th. Um, this will be the 14th Temple in Mexico, and nine more are in the planning stages. So,
0: And then we get to Layton, Utah.
1: Yeah, this will be dedicated on June 16th by Elder David Bednar. Um, the open house will be April 19th to June 1st. And this will be actually the 20th in Utah. So there's a total of 28 that are um, in planning.
0: So, uh, Leighton, that that uh, open house seems a little bit shorter to me. Saratoga Springs was like three months. That seems like half that.
1: Yes. Um, the Orm Temple was about six weeks, and okay. this one will be about six weeks, too. So I think that will probably be the standard length of a Utah Temple going forward.
0: What, then why was Saratoga so long? I mean, obviously, um, we had hundreds of thousands of people go through, but what was so significant about saratoga springs that i mean it's not closer in fact in many ways oram and layton are far easier to get to why was that one such a bigger one It's because bigger temple what's the deal
1: Uh, it was slightly larger um the people in the open house committee i think were quoted in just saying um, it was summertime we just wanted an opportunity for people to travel and for for high school kids out of out of um on vacation to bring people and i just think that area of utah is a lot higher concentration of members of the church mm-hmm. so they probably knew there'd be a lot of demand um because i think in utah the majority of people that go to a double open house are members so True. i think they just knew there'd be a lot of demand and it had been like five years since the last open house in utah so now that they're like every few months it's kind of like maybe there's a little bit of fatigue
0: yeah yeah interesting that, that that's an interesting problem for members of the church to have. Oh, that old temple. <laughs> uh, uh, but still, no word about when my Taylorsville
1: temple is. Uh, let's go. I to, think I so. think it's up next for announcements. So well, maybe
0: maybe here's the thing that I'm I'm <laughs> thinking, old temple statistician and guesser of when things are. I'm saying Taylorsville 200. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna Jimmy rig it so that. uh taylorsville is the 200th temple and that we get to celebrate that as such which means we're going to be on pause a little bit depending on when the other ones are dedicated but we're right close ish Uh, yeah it'll
1: be close like if they they have a very long open house that could extend the dedication and maybe put it ahead to some other temples so
0: but but i can see them doing that because we want the 200th to be in the in the homeland where the, where the saints traveled and we'll do something recreated with hand carts or I don't know, something for the 200th. That's my hope. Fingers are crossed. Texas? Shall we go to Texas?
1: Yeah, a few temple sites were announced. The first one was the McKinney Texas Temple, which you may be thinking, I've never heard of that temple. Well, it's because in General Conference, um, a year and change ago, uh, President Nelson announced it as the Prosper Texas Temple. And so, um, yeah, they announced it um, you may think, oh, well, they're building it in McKinney. Well, no, they're actually building it in Fairview, mm-hmm. Texas. So change the name to a place where it isn't there anyways. Um, It's on Stacy Road, an at at eight-acre eight site, um, and it's right across the street from the boundary of Allen, Texas. So if you think maybe they would have picked a bigger city to name the temple after, like Allen's just right there. Yeah. Um, but I guess McKinney. Um, and I heard through a grapevine that perhaps some um, um, the mayors of both prosper and fairview kind of felt odd about that church's decision. So, um, well, cause it, it is,
0: <laughs> because it
1: is odd. That's
0: why they felt odd here. Call it this temple in this town. That isn't this town.
1: Yeah. And I understand um, it's like, if it's the first temple in a metropolitan area, like if this was the first temple in the Dallas area, I'm sure they just call it the Dallas temple. Like that wouldn't sure. be a big deal. But this is like a suburb of Dallas, and so now you're getting more specific. And McKinney's, you know, it's a bit north there. It's, it's you know, it's its own city, um, but it's still kind of in that Dallas area. So it's interesting that that's what they chose. Um, the temple will be uh, probably two stories, 44,000 square feet. Um, what's interesting about this is that it's probably going to be sandwiched between two other Christian churches. Um, right now, there's a, an LDS church. Well, it's going to be next to you. but well, that one is um, next to another Christian church. And then the corner of the property that will be next to the future temple um, is said it's owned by the Twin Creeks Church of Christ. So they may be building a new um, church in the next few years. Um, and what's funny about this is that I looked at this Twin Creeks Church of Christ and they currently have a church um, that's in Allen. Mm-hmm. And it's also next to an Elias chapel. Interesting. So I don't know if you can connect any conspiracies about perhaps... Um, how the church got this property, if it's um, maybe friends with this Twin Creeks church, mm. if maybe they were considering Prosper, but then in last minute, they chose to go to Fairview instead because, you know, this is a great site. And so... Now, what I've
0: heard, uh, and this also, you know, we both appreciate the rumor mill, Uh, but what I've heard is that the Twin Creeks Church of Christ is exactly like the LDS church, but they only ask for 8%. So they're just giving people Ooh. options. So you know, Hey, what do you think? We got 8% over here. And people go, Oh, that's, that's less money. <laughs> that may nice. not be true. That may not be a rumor at all. Uh, yeah, I, that, that, to me, I I will forever not understand the, cause back to your point, right? Like Dallas, if you're, you know, Chicago is in another part of Chicago, the temple. And so you go, okay, I get it. It's a Chicago temple, but if it's actually in a city a township, a place. I don't. I. I will never understand why we don't just call it that place. Or if we're going to just start making up names for where the temple is, then let's start coming up with some off the cuff, like Bodie McBoderson Temple in, you know, Allen, <laughs> Texas. Let's do. Let's well, do they things like that. They had
1: they had a temple in Yuba City, and that's what they announced it as. And then they're just like, we're just going to call it Feather River because mm-hmm. because our favorite expletive.
0: Uh, take us <laughs> to Madagascar, won't you please?
1: Yeah. Antenna Revo, Madagascar Temple. Um, the church has announced a 10-acre site. Um, this is a current site where there's two meeting houses, there's two wards that meet in this meeting house. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they choose to build the temple next to this or if they choose to just replace the meeting house. Um, but what's interesting is it's literally right next to the US Embassy in Madagascar. Um, so yeah, no, can't be closer to America than that. Um, it's going to be 10,000 square feet and it'll have a patron housing and arrival facilities. So, um, one of those small Helena sized temples um, in Madagascar.
0: Pretty cool. Madagascar is quickly becoming a place I want to go check out. So, just a quick little temple and being able to go and do a session there, that'd be pretty cool. uh We go back to the Philippines.
1: Yeah. um We got a temple site announced. This is actually the fourth temple announced in the Philippines. Um, but it's was announced in 2018, and it's been really slow to see progress. The, it's the Cagagin Kage, de, de Oro Temple. Um, and it's funny because this temple was announced before the Davao Philippines Temple, which is on the south southern part of the island. Um, so there's two temples announced for this island. And um, the Davao Temple, like, in a, just a couple of years, started construction, and now it's, you know, probably a year or two out from completion, hmm. where this temple um, was announced before this, but it's just barely getting a site announced. Um, so this is announced the same general conference as like the the Richmond temple and the Layton temple and the Puebla temple, and those okay. are all like complete. And this is just barely getting a, a site. So um, it's gonna be a five acre site. Um, it's just down the road from sh- the big shopping mall in the city. So I think most people will know where that is. Um, if you look on the street view of the temple, um, the church has already, back in September of 2022, they put up a sign that said private property, the church of Latter-day Saints, no trespassing. And it looks like they've already started like to clear out the land, um, um, make site preparation. So I'm not sure why the church waited for so long to announce this site, even though they clearly owned it and have been sitting on it for a long time, preparing it for building. So. But yeah, I guess it is what it is. I'd like it um, better gonna... if the
0: sign said coming soon ordinances for your dead loved ones, <laughs> you know. Come on, let's yeah. <laughs> let's prop it up. Let's get the, a little let's, bit the more media friendly. machine.
1: Let's get the media yeah. machine behind this thing. Come on. Um it's going to be an 18,000 square foot temple. Um probably pretty similar to the one in Davao, so those could be twin temples. Very cool. Uh and now we go to England. Let's see if you say this right. Uh Birmingham. I don't it's, know. It's
0: Birmingham. <laughs> When
1: we go Birmingham. to Birmingham, England. <laughs> yeah, uh, the temple will be built on a 2.7 acre site um, in not quite Birmingham City, but in Royal Sutton Codfield, Coldfield, I guess. Um, it is the site currently where the wild green ward meets and where the Birmingham, England uh, mission has offices. Um, so I think anyone that's familiar with Birmingham will... Uh, know where that is. Um, it's also going to be about a 10,000 square foot temple. So this one's like small for the UK, considering that the other two temples in the UK are, are kind of large. And so this makes me believe that maybe there'll be more temples in the British Isles announced of in the coming years.
0: Of course there will. We're trying to make it that much easier on people. So of course, let's give them a little... Do we know with it being a 10,000 one, is this going to be a,
1: uh, a Lego temple? Um, it's going to be that same design. I don't know. Um, The church has only so far built two temples um, for modular designs and the Cody Wyoming temple still sitting there with its blocks and so um, the church hasn't expanded too much this program of modular temples yet. Um, I I find it hard to believe that they're gonna ship it over to England, Mm. so I bet this will probably be a traditional construction.
0: I like to say that we're in a holding pattern as that goes. That sounds very official when we talk about that. Uh, let's do a couple renderings and then we'll we'll take a quick break uh, and, and then come back and hit out
1: the rest of this stuff.
0: Where are these renderings?
1: Yeah, we previously got site announced and then we have renderings in Londrina, Brazil and uh, Ribeiro Preto, uh, Brazil. Um, and these will be twin temples for sure. Um, same design, same floor plan same modern gray granite design, um, but just a slightly different steeple design. The one in Londrina has more of like an elongated steeple long, and the one in Ribeiro Preto has more of a, a tall tower with kind of a triangle pyramid on the top, um, and a little bit different designs in the, the windows and the, the, the carving of the granite and everything, and so Uh, Definitely twin temple designs designed at the same time with some minor differences. And then Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Something to go
0: to Bakersfield for, people that go from (laughs) Salt Lake to Disneyland. Now you can stop and you can see a temple.
1: Yeah, um, this will be about the same size as the ones in Brazil. It will be the same size as the ones like in Modesto and Yorba Linda. Um, It's going to be a Spanish mission style colonial design, kind of a cream white with the red terracotta roof um looks you know a lot in the style of like the McAllen, texas temple the Orbelinda, the fort worth the uh tamp feature tampa temple so we're seeing a lot of these uh spanish colonial designs coming across the us and Latin america
0: perfect let's take a quick break when we come back in the second half we've got more temple news can you believe it more temple news than this it's what happens we'll come back and do that in the second half Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. Best DJ in Utah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a Best DJ in ad and well, The wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them yes, hopefully, and then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you, uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello o belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias, at Utah, and uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best djinutah.com and and I'll give you a little hint it it also helps me to be able to do this like financially support the cultural hall through that and you get something in return creative, affordable design. Let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of uh, the Temple Ticker, don't forget that, uh, that Corey, he slaves over all this stuff, including you've heard him mention the street views. You want to see links to all of the things that we're talking about. You can check it out in the show notes, many active links for you to be able to click through. If you're like, well, what does that granite that's carved look like? Click, find it. You can see the renderings and the pictures there. So now we go to some groundbreakings.
1: Yeah, this was announced a month ago. Um, so we're just barely getting to this. It will be just around the corner. The Knoxville, Tennessee Temple will have dead, a groundbreaking uh, January 27th. and Shane and Bowman will be the presiding authority. A new MTC was an interesting announcement. I didn't know.
0: It seemed like we were in the uh, era of less MTCs, but we're like, no, let's do another one.
1: Yeah, certainly. The church has closed. I think, four, maybe five MTCs in the last five years. So this is an interesting pattern, um, a new thing that will be happening that I think you touched on it. But the Thailand MTC um, will be located next to the new six story Thailand uh, Bangkok temple. Um, And the church website says that the languages that will be taught there are Thai, English, and Russian. Um, so probably missionaries that are from Thailand, maybe going to Thailand from other places will be here. Um, and then in- interestingly, um, Russian. And so currently like Russians taught like at Provo or in England, but right now, obviously, um, there's not a ton of missionary work going on in Russia, but I think of the little that is happening, it's probably of oh, native Russians doing it in their homeland. And so mm. Thailand has actually remained kind of neutral in the Ukraine Russia conflict um and so i think it's easy for russians to travel to thailand and so i think this is what the church calculus is that mm. anyone that may be coming from russia can easily go to thailand
0: okay okay i like that i support that they don't get to go on missions to russia though they're what volunteers is that what they're called there i guess technically yeah yeah if there are even any more anyone there
1: right i think yeah because they basically closed the five missions down to two i think The mission president is the same one for both of them. So there's basically only one mission right now and probably very few missionaries.
0: And all the mission consists of, hello, I am elder. (laughs) It's terrible. Forgive (laughs) me, everybody. Forgive me. Let's move on. Uh, Now, this was interesting because as I was looking over your notes, you said uh, Salt Lake Temple and Temple Square. So I went, "Mm -hmm, go on.
1: Yeah, the church has announced that some new areas of Temple Square will be opening and closing in the month of January and February. um, Already open is the full plaza in front of the church office building. Um, They had that partially open during uh, Christmas when you could see the lights, they had some nativity displays spice up, but now that full thing will be opened and they'll be starting to open up the main street plaza, which is right in front of the Salt Lake Temple. It has that big reflecting pool that will start to be opened uh, fully in February. Um, And then, the place that was um where that uh north visitor center was located where the space jesus was Mm -hmm. um they've now finished the the grounds there and the new restroom building so that will will be open now and then what would be closing is the assembly hall which is the south part of the uh tabernacle um which they said they'll have limited uh, renovations of the assembly hall just to update a few things but um yeah um What's also interesting is that they said that they'll start to fly the country flags at the church office building. There'll be 91 flagpoles, one for the United States and then 91. They'll rotate the flags between countries that are recognized by the UN. Mm -hmm. And they'll be placed in alphabetical order, rotated every three months. And so what's important about this to note is that they're flying all the country's flags. They're not flying all the flags where the church has presence or missionaries. So if you see a flag from a country that the church doesn't have missionaries, don't go thinking that there's some conspiracy or that it's secretly happening. There's missionary work in China or whatever. Um, I was there. I is, at the, we're just not I did allowed the, to talk about
0: <laughs> it. A friend of a, mine in another ward he got a mission <laughs> call and where it said where he's going to be called to serve. There was a phone number. Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> Stupid. Sorry. Once
1: I was going to General Conference, and someone's like, "Hey, I heard that they put up the the Chinese flag at the MTC." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> you know, I I work at the MTC as a custodian, and we take down those flags every day at the end of the day. And I tell you that we have the Chinese flag there for a long time because we've had church, we've had missionaries in Hong Kong for a long time, and so that's why it's there."
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, please, old news, come on, come on. Now, uh, you have a a little bit of a bonus story, but before we get to that, I just want to mention, so if you find yourself in downtown Salt Lake, it's significant to know that there is a clean place that you can use the restroom now because the restroom building on Temple Square is now open. So I just, if you're down, you're shopping at the City Creek Center and you're like, I have to go up the escalator and then down the thing and all that. Nope, there's another option for using the restroom, it's over on Temple Square. Please tell me about the bonus story.
1: Well, uh, a few months or about a year ago, we talked about the leaked plans that um were put out for um Temple Square that um basically were a, an internal um study that the church conducted to uh look at what could be the future of Temple Square. How could we improve the visitor's experience? And among the big things it proposes. Uh, demolish most of the buildings near the temple, like the Joseph Smith Mora building, the church office building, um, and then have a huge green space and then rebuild the the church offices um, just uh, west of the temple. And mm. so um, the Celtic Tribune did confirm from the church that those are authentic, that they were in the study process, but they have since been shelved, and um, they're rethinking everything. Right now it, and so, it,
0: seems, it seems hard to me uh the like from a historical point of view that they would take down the Joseph Smith Memorial building it's the old hotel Utah you know yeah, I, I agree that I understand the knocking it down to have the green space, et cetera but that seems like that would that m- more than like the manti Temple or at least on the same level as the manti Temple we'd be like, what are we doing? this is hundreds of years of history. let us please leave these things rather than you know demolish and oh we Put a floral garden. <laughs>
1: and I think that idea went out in the end, so that's why it was shelved. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Well, well good. Still Glad we got that, that confirmation.
1: Happen. Still elements of that plan that could happen in the future. There's that um, parking lot by the Delta Center that the church still owns that, you know, they could build something there in the future. So we'll see. Okay. Uh. So we go to Nicaragua. Yeah, the local media um, covered the construction progress of the temple there. Um. They had about a 10-minute segment just talking Eesh. about the temple. They interviewed, um, I think, a councilwoman from the city and some representatives from the church, and they were just talking about what the temple is and what it means. Um, they just emphasized that now members of the church in Nicaragua won't have to tra- travel to other countries to go to the temple. Um, they said it's expected to be finished in 2025, and they said, like, we're building this the last 200 years, so we'll see, if hopefully they don't need a renovation until 200 years from now. Um, and
0: everyone said, why? What happens in 200 years? I heard that that's when the second coming is. So put on your calendar right now. It's 200 years. All that garbage. that
1: do. <laughs> We'll see. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting that, you know, Nicaragua doesn't have really great relationships with the United States right now. Um, so it's just interesting that the church is able to uh, find all the processes to build this temple. So. Yeah. Uh, and then we bring it home to the United States where there is trouble aplenty for temples. At least two of them. Um, in Hebrew Valley, there is a group that is trying to gather signatures to put um, the temple on a ballot initiative that will cut overturn this council's decision to approve the temple. Um, they need 3,200 signatures in 40 days, and I think that's about half over. So I don't know what the progress is on that, so we'll have to see. If you want to
0: hear more about specifically the Hebrew Valley Temple, it's episode 740 of the Cultural Hall, where we talk to a guy in the city of Hebrew Valley talking about where they're at and what they've tried to do and what they haven't done and what blah, 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 blah. It's a whole episode about the Hebrew Valley Temple. So check that one out. And then we still have Troubles in Cody.
1: Yeah. Um, we just talked about that lawsuit that was happening, that there was a bunch of emails that were late to be put into the evidence poll and the church i mean the judge actually denied that those uh should enter the lawsuit um he says that they're not required to further their argument based on the legal test that he's looking at so yeah those won't be in there so i just i like out. the
0: idea of the judge like that they printed out all of those emails <laughs> and that the judge just sits behind the thing and just get these out of here <laughs> I, you know,
1: just a big litter of uh, torn up emails and texts. So, I mean, obviously they were still looked at. Like he sure. obviously looked at them to see if they were going to further their argument. He said they're not going to further the argument at all. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um now you said that uh, you know, there's trouble for only two temples. I would say that the trouble for the Provo Utah temple uh is is trouble as well but a different kind of trouble
1: uh yeah there was a a man that was probably um having mental problems that uh smashed some of the windows and the doors of the pearl utah temple so i definitely saw a lot of jokes about you know it's just getting a head start on things sure um the temple's close scheduled to close on february 24th um it looks like they're already putting out construction material all along the grounds of the temple um it's going to happen um their the plans show that they're going to demolish the temple and then build a new one basically a few feet in front of the current one um the slide screen did write about a group that they've been trying to save the temple for two years now but they just kind of fell in deaf ears and haven't said anything so spoiler um, they didn't stop it The question the question I, the question I have,
0: so. you live down around that way. Did they replace the stuff that was broken by the guy trying to get in?
1: Um, I actually live in Salt Lake City now. But... Oh, shoot.
0: You hang out <laughs> no. around there, don't you? Not much anymore. Uh, you know someone down there, don't you?
1: Sir. Eight, seven, okay, three, listen,
0: here's the call out. Contact to <laughs> the cultural hall.com. There's got to be someone in Provo. Did they fix the things that this guy broke or did they look at it and go listen this makes no sense to fix this for two months time let's put a nice <laughs> piece of cardboard in the place and then do it. it it's an interesting when we consider them to be houses of the lord we want it to be the finest we want it to be the greatest all those things i recognize that but is there at some point where you look at it and go "Yeah, but we're about to smash all this stuff i'd be curious to know contact the cultural hall.com
1: yeah um last time we talked Uh, we talked about the temples that had Christmas celebrations and the church news left off two of them, which is Mexico city and Idaho falls. So it's kind of too late now to see those, but just to know in the future, those temples also do have Christmas celebrations that happen.
0: Yeah. Don't forget Mexico city and Idaho falls church news. Uh, Let's do a year in review. This is a a looking backwards and a looking forwards.
1: Yeah. So there was 11 temple dedications in 2023 And then two rededications. So this is a a high point. Um, I think it's the most since President Hinckley's um, temple boom, when there was 34 temples uh, dedicated in 2000. Um, So yeah, we're building up to more temple dedications um, each year, it looks like. Um, The Church News had a headline um, that there was eight temple groundbreakings, which they say is, you know, down for... The church there's the other temples before the other years before this there was 21 Jeez. and then 16 and that was during covid and so i think um things have maybe caught up a little bit um but they note that you know there's like right now like 80 temples waiting to be um have a groundbreaking so maybe more will happen in the future well and, and then, then temple in the- you said maybe more <laughs> will happen in the future of course they will otherwise we are okay. gonna That's have a true. temple and then maybe more will happen next year. Oh, yeah, of course. Come on, year, come on, bring
0: it 2024. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> and then 35 temples were announced in 2023, which is the exact same, as 2022. So 70 temples announced in the last two years. Now, a
0: quick aside, I made this mention in our last articles of news where I said, you know, we now have 450 missions uh, for the church. Uh-huh. Uh, and we, uh, actually, you have said that the church not officially, has said that we'll have 500 temples by the year 2030. Are we doing 500 missions and 500 temples by
1: 2030? Is that the thing? I mean, missions go up and down. Um, who knows? <laughs> With missions, Come on, join,
0: speculate, yes or no. Give me a <laughs> word. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Okay, I'll take it too. I'll take it too. Uh, so what are we thinking as we look towards 2024? Uh, it will be, for all intents as I can see, a record-breaking year.
1: Yeah, I think we'll probably beat 2023. So far, there's six dedications scheduled and one rededication um, scheduled in Manti. And then from the looks of things, um, there's about 13 temples that are nearing completion. And so we could have 19, maybe 20 temples dedicated in 2024. Um, and then looking for the future, you might have another 14 or so um, for 2025 and maybe 20 or more in 2026, depending on how many groundbreakings happen in the next little while. And then three temples have dedications scheduled that will close this year. That's Provo, um, Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, I think New York City is the other one. Those are those
0: renovations. Let me ask you this uh, just real quick about that. With the 13 nearing completion and the six dedications already scheduled, so we know that 200, number 200, Will mm-hmm. more than likely happen in twenty twenty four. That's from the looks, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So That's it's a race to see. Come on, now Taylorsville. <laughs> Taylorsville, maybe Salvador, Brazil. Now is another candidate. Uh, Pittsburgh, maybe. So we'll see. It's up in the air who what temple will be the two hundredth. And then the uh, temple sites
0: announced.
1: Yeah. So just like in the in the waiting, we have almost exactly the exact number we have. 48 temples that have sites announced that could theoretically have groundbreakings um in the next while and then another 48 temples that um are awaiting a site announcement. Hmm. So that's about you know 96 temples that are could be starting in the next little while. So and we
0: get that temple news typically on Monday afternoon. So if you can't wait for the temple ticker, you can certainly wait for that, uh, church news. And that's typically when that stuff has come out, but it, it's by all intents and purposes, there should be temple news every week when you're looking for 96 temples, as far as either, uh, groundbreakings announced or a site announcement or a dedication coming up, or the, they print the dedicatory prayer of every single temple. So that will be there as well. Uh, temple news every week. That's exciting. Yep. You throw in one last bonus. What's this about?
1: Okay, this was my personal project. Um, In the month of December, there was a new apostle announced, um, Patrick Kieran, and I was curious just to see like, his name was probably the most common I heard Mm -hmm. bandied around before that, so I'm like, why was it so common? Why why did everyone think it was him? And so, what I decided to do is to look at the characteristics of apostles when they're called, and kind of see their position and things. I ran some stats. Mm -hmm. um, Basically, the average age of a new apostle was sixty-one point five four. Okay. Um, and Elder Kieran was sixty-two point three years old, and so I'm like, that's pretty close to the average. Okay. Um, and then I also looked at things like, um, how long had they been serving in the seventy? Um, which Elder Kieran had been serving there for like uh ten years. Um, and then you know he's from outside the United States, and currently that's kind of a trend. It seems like new apostles have been born in the United States. And they also, um, something like nine out of the 11 last apostles have come from the presidency of the 70. Mm -hmm. Another Kieran was the president of the presidency of the 70. And so um, basically I took all those details, assigned them a score about how close they were to the average age, how long they've been in, um, if they're in the 70 or the the first and then if they were born outside the United States. And I gave everyone a score based on that. And I saw where Patrick Kieran basically landed. Mm -hmm. And he was number three. He got the the third highest score of the current 70s. -hmm. And um, the only ones that got higher ones were Carlos Godoy and Jose Teixeira. They're from Brazil and Portugal, which is almost exactly like Elder Suarez. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you wanted something a little bit different, um, Elder Kieran was there in number three position. So just interesting Mm -hmm. to see if you could predict, use numbers to predict new apostles. So in the future, I'll be curious to see, you know, who goes in. It's kind of like picking a Supreme Court nominee. They have to have, you know, the exact amount of years um, in, in the court, and they have to be some age so that they last a long time. And yeah, just interesting. Now, I got a question for you, because
0: with Elder Kieran being called to be an apostle, that leaves an opening in the presidency. Any idea who will be called to the presidency of the 70? You have any sort of speculation there?
1: Well, it's kind of been, just like in Supreme Court, the D.C. Circuit is kind of where a lot of the judges come from. Mm-hmm. The presidency of the 70 is kind of the, where all most of the apostles come from. And so sure. it will be curious to see who is in there um, come this next uh, conference. And it's very possible that the next person could be a, 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 a candidate for the apostleship. And so um, one I was thinking is Elder Tay. He's a Filipino, uh, 70. He's been in there a long time. He's really young. Mm-hmm. Um, um, maybe other and, ones. He like... is
0: my pick for an apostle as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I, I expect so as we've got, as we've talked about how in the next couple of years, it's likely three or four apostles will pass. My suspicion yeah. is that they'll call him to be in the presidency and then subsequently call him to be an apostle just because I mean, you think about the massive amounts of people that are, I know, listen, God calls who, or qualifies who he calls. I get it, everyone. We're talking from speculation purposes, but there is so much representation in the church from the Philippines, and he is a gentleman who is young, who has got a lot of experience, who, if he's called to the presidency, has that opportunity, and then it, it just seems like a natural fit for him to then move into an apostleship in a couple years.
1: And one thing I've been thinking is that uh, Elder um, Ahmed Corbett, um, he's, I think he's kind of like an Oaks protege. He mm-hmm. reminds me, his his rhetoric and everything reminds mm-hmm. me a lot about Elder Oaks. And he was recently called as a 70. And if he's put there in the presidency of the 70, that would really, um, I think, in my spreadsheet would help his score out and put sure. him up there. So he's another one to look out for.
0: This is definitely something to check out. If people are into this kind of thing, uh, link in the show notes to be able to check out. Because, you know, a lot of people have said, well, Elder uh, Paul Johnson may be a great one. But you look at his age and you sort of go, well, may, I mean, and again, everyone we know, God <laughs> calls who he wants. Got it. But if you're looking at sort of these, you know, statistics that you see commonly take place within, you sort of think, oh, yeah, maybe he's missed his window and he wouldn't be... uh wouldn't be the next one so you start to look at these younger folks and go oh okay maybe here we go maybe that's someone we'll hear from
1: the oldest apostle that has been called in the last 20 years is elder cook he was 67 so basically everyone that anyone that's over 67 i kind of like discounted and i said they're going to be released soon they're probably not in that window anymore although it can always happen so uh i don't know that you know this but it's worth the asking
0: of the question question uh elder tai t-a-i Where Uh uh, where is he
1: from? Where does he? Do you know where he's coming? Where? Uh, If you go on the spreadsheet, you scroll over to the birthplace, and it Uh, shows. uh, Oh, look at you! Already thought about? I think he's the one. He's the one that was just in the Taiwan temple groundbreaking, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's from Hong Kong.
0: He's a young gentleman, fifty-one, Mutombo, uh, born in seventy-six.
1: It is Okay. I like this. This is exciting. Yeah, I also, so I put them in red if they're either younger than Elder Bednar or, 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 or older than Elder Cook. And so um, Elder Motombo, he's only 47 right now. Once he ages into that that range, he's definitely going to be up there. That's incredible. Go check out there There's probably three or four young African 70s that have been called in the last few years. And so they're definitely people to look at.
0: All right, so I want to put you on the spot. You have to pick one. Someone, one of the uh, apostles passes today.
1: Who do you? Who are you saying the next one is? Um, oof, I would say either, uh, like I said, Elder, Elder Tay or Elder uh, Corbett, um, mm-hmm. but also maybe uh, Gerard. Gerard I think he's. Um, I think just these people that are um, associated with the apostles a lot, the people in the seventy, the people in the bishopric. That are just are hanging out a lot with the apostles. I think they're most likely to be called, and so
0: yeah, anyone in that
1: upper 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 part of leadership, I think, just if they if they if they spend a lot of time with the apostles, I think they have a a, a greater likelihood to receive inspiration for these people.
0: Mm, interesting. See, and for me, if I if I'm picking how this goes next, this is how I feel like it goes. I feel like you go Godoy. Then I feel like you have. One that everyone will complain about where it's some guy from Utah you know, what I'm saying, or some like Western yeah. United States guy. And we all go, what? You had the opportunity, that kind of thing that I feel like is the next pick after that. And then I think you get into like a Dubé or a Tay or, uh, someone that, that would, um, you know, represent that arm of the church. That's, that's sort of my feeling. So I'm going good And to you, I say good to you
1: too, <laughs> sir. Yeah, so take a look. Take a look at my spreadsheet. Um, if if you think that I can change my formula at all, I would be um love to hear any if there's any smart people out there that are uh, that are actuaries or whatever. I'd love to know how I can improve this.
0: It's awesome. It's so much work, and I think it's so rad that you did it. Uh, check it out in the show notes associated with this episode. You guys, that's it. That's the end. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body.
1: We hope that if you are sick or otherwise afflicted. That you'll be able to hear me next week.
0: <laughs> yes, I forgot to end it. <laughs> and that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will
1: be saving a seat for you on the back row of the, the cultural, cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Culture Hall Show.